Hey everybody, welcome to Summer Movie Club. I am your host, Zach Spell with a K, but my band's name is Zach Spell with an H, because you always have to keep mess with their minds. I keep I always think the line is keep them guessing, and then I always screw it up. It's mess with their minds. I always yeah. mess with their minds. And uh my co-host this week, as always, uh makes me feel like a bath. <clears throat> it's Adam. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, this week we are doing, like I had mentioned last week, what I what I feel is the uh, the spiritual '90s uh, companion piece to last week's The Breakfast Club. Uh, we're doing 1995's Empire Records. Uh, oh, so is this '95? '95, yeah. So I got it. Jesus. Uh, real quick synopsis: Twenty-four hours in the lives of the young employees at Empire Records when they all grow up and become young adults thanks to each other and the manager. They all face the store, joining a chain store with strict rules. A little more wordier than our usual synopsis. Yeah, I feel like it's like a fucking paragraph compared to like most things. And like most things are like I feel like I IMDb synopsis tend to be kind of shitty, but I feel like that. I feel like it's weird because like this is it seems like it, it seems like a good description, but like I feel like the the whole like music town bit is kind of just like a tacked on there at the end. Yeah, like it's kind of on the back burner. Um, so it, it it's very wordy and it doesn't really even really cut to like the 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 heart of what we're really like the movie's really about. I feel like it's about it's a remember last week. Adam, when uh, the glass shattered and it represented the youth shattering their expectations. Uh, this movie should have started with the glass shattering because, again, uh, just it's just chock full of youths. Yeah. Uh, just shattering expectations. Um, real quick, running down the uh, cast list and the crew. The movie was directed by Alan Moyle, which when it's underlined in my notes looks like Alan Movie. Um, Alan Moyle did not direct much. He directed uh, Pump Up the Volume, which is a Christian Slater pirate radio movie, I believe. That's rad. Um, it sounds like it would be about rap, does it not? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, Empire Records. Uh, Say Nothing, which I believe is the sequel to the John Cusack movie, Say Anything. Yes, um, it's a direct sequel. Uh, other than this, a professional just... kickboxer because this is sport yeah. of the future. Um, and he and he takes a vow of silence. Yeah. So he's not saying a word. Uh, not uh, he did. Uh, Michael Jackson I like to imagine that he takes a vow of silence, and the only way he speaks is by holding up a boombox. <laughs> yeah. It's just he just has a he just has he has to carry around like a like a. Remember they used to have like suitcases that you could like. Like with yeah, tapes. with that, with all the fucking cassette tapes in it, and he just has like he has to carry that around because he's not sure what like the the situation is going to warrant. Yeah, like, so he has to like any like so like given whatever the situation he has to flip through his little suitcase. Um, conversations, uh, conversations with silent Louis Dobler take forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of rewinding and fast forwarding. <laughs> Uh, uh, the movie was written by Carol Heikinen, I'm going to go with. Uh, not much of, it looks like it at first. Uh, not much of know she wrote this uh, movie, uh, Center Stage. Um, I don't know the movie, The Thing Called Love that she wrote. It looks like River Phoenix is in it. Yeah, River Phoenix is in it. All right, babe. Uh, 
just a quick rundown of the cast. Uh, we have Anthony LaPaglia as Joe, Maxwell Caulfield as Rex Manning, Debbie Mazur, Roy Cochran, who I also, I think, was uh, ran afoul of the same wizard who put a, a curse on him, not allowing him out of the 1990s. That uh, yeah. Ethan Embry, him, him and Ethan Embry were walking around after filming this movie together and ran afoul of a wizard. Um, Johnny Whitworth, who I just... Yo, can I pause uh, you for a second? Yeah. Um, when I was watching the movie, Katie was talking about like how cute AJ was, and I just fucking clicked on his IMDb page. Katie, can I get a fucking second opinion on how fucking handsome the guy who plays AJ is right now? Oh, dang. Yeah. He is Dude, a recent... Fucking... He's a heartthrob. It's, what, what it's, is... a, it's a jawline. Has he been in stuff recently? He's a recent friend of the show. No shit, is he? He has... Oh, 310, a... 310 to Yuma. Yep. Um, <laughs> no, he's in... Uh, uh, can't hardly wait. Get the fuck out of here, is what? Uh, it's like, it says like... Um... It's like a, a not a named character. It's like Gumball kid or something, but not like... Not the guy, not the gumball. Oh, it even says uh, it says Gumboy voice uncredited. That's weird. I mean, but there we, when we did when we covered Can't Hardly Wait, there was a lot of people who were like uncredited who like could have had their name on that. You know what I mean? Um, keep going. We got Robin Tunney, Renee Zellweger uh, in one of her first larger roles. Uh, the uh, the what, quickly becoming second only to Alex as a best friend of the show. I think now we've covered all of them. I think we've covered all of the Ethan Embrys. Yeah. Uh, we the have, only we. I think next week we should do Vegas vacation. Hold on. Just so we can get the I whole. Come on. Yo. Hey, hey. Just, just kill. Kill that kid. Um, finishing up, we have the uh, infinitely uh, fascinating Coyote Shivers. Um, Coyote Shivers is a badass name. Shivers. How do you say it? No, I said Coyote Shivers is a badass name. Oh, it's not his real name, though, unfortunately. It so points off. His name is Francis Shivers. That's whatever. I mean, th- whatever. But, no, it's not no. whatever. You can't just rename yourself Coyote. That's not how his names work. Uh, fun fact. Uh, Coyote Shivers, while filming this movie, was married to B.B. Buell, who is the mother of co-star Liv Tyler. So while they what? were filming this movie, Coyote Shivers was Liv Tyler's stepdad. Really? Yeah. That's fucking weird. And then after he was married to B.B. Buell, he was married to Pauline Perrette, the goth girl from NCIS. No shit, really? Yeah, and then he married some model and, and wrestling manager, and now they're divorced too. Just it, Coyote, it, it, Coyote the, Shivers gets around, dude. The life of Coyote Shivers. Uh, we mentioned Liv Tyler, also uh, Brandon Sexton the Third, who <laughs> I looked. 
Um, I was looking up his IMDb, and he was in Welcome to the Dollhouse right before this, but he was credited as uh, 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 Brandon Sexton Jr. So in between that movie and this movie, they discovered a grandfather? I guess, yeah. Um, and then uh, Jane's Kimo Willis as Eddie. Uh, I, I saw we... when I was watching the um, the credits, uh, I, I liked. I saw that he was credited as James quotation Kimo Willis. <laughs> yeah. See now, Coyote Shivers shouldn't be allowed to get rid of or get away with his shit. He should be have to credit himself as Francis Coyote Shivers. If no. James just can't by can't go by Kimo Willis. Um, before we go uh, any further, Adam, I did want to mention uh, that we're selling Amelia. Oh, you're selling her? We're selling her. Well, oh, dude, kids, like little girls on the black market? That's gold no, mine. We're going, we're going very straightforward. Facebook, uh, Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace, yeah. Um, we're going $10 OBO. <laughs> $10. I like the idea of, like, I could go on Facebook yard sale and find, like, a piano, like, or a small child. <laughs> or the saddest post, baby shoes or, never used. Or what? What's that? Who wrote that? Like like the saddest story ever, the, the shortest sad story, the saddest short story ever written, uh, for sale, baby shoes never used. Oh, yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, I did want to, before we get into the movie proper, I did want to mention that tonight uh, I have a drink sponsor. What is the drink sponsor? Because you texted me earlier and I asked you what it was and you didn't tell me. Uh, tonight, my uh, drinking is sponsored by Moosehead Light. Like Moosehead, like the Canadian lager? Yes, but light. Four calories, same great taste. Adam, did you hear the news? What's the news? The moose is loose. Oh, and did he shit. lose weight? Like, Zach, let me tell you, my favorite thing about you having drink sponsors is these fucking slogans that you come up with for, like, like that legitimately should be the fucking marketing campaign for these things. Yeah, I should, I, I should have a job writing copy for these. You these should be are... like Don Draper, but for like but only the alcohol. Yeah, strictly for hard seltzers and. Uh, beers that are on clearance sale. Beer distributors. Yeah. Um, I kind of have a drink sponsor. Okay. I um, I uh, earlier today I had a uh, what I'm gonna call a cinnamon roll, which is just uh fireball whiskey and cream soda, which is fucking delicious. <laughs> I'm not currently drinking one, but I might make one. I'm not 100% sure. Go for it. Thanks, John. It's a 3D weekend. Katie just gave me a beer, so I have to finish this beer before I make another drink. What beer are you drinking? Um, huh? What beer are you drinking? Um, we're, we mean, so, you know, remember how Dad went through a thing where, like, he was drinking a lot of PBR bottles? Uh, like, we, yeah. Yeah. So on the cap, you know how like with Lion's Head they have like the little puzzles on the bottom of the caps. Mm-hmm. So on PBR bottle caps they have like 
it's like, excuse me, playing cards. So, like, they have, like, a, a, a suit and, you know, two through ace of a playing card. Um, so, me and Katie are currently in the process of trying to collect an entire set, like an entire 52 set of, yeah, we're trying to catch them all, of uh, PBR bottle caps. Um, so we just finished our case with PBR bottles, and I'm currently drinking a PBR powder. How, uh, how's the collection going? Um, we need, like, I think we need 10 more, and we have a whole set. Like, 52? Yeah. Um, heat. We, um, and honestly, it's only, like, we only need, like, 10 more after drinking maybe... Um, for some of the, the only beer distributor I can find that has PBR bottles only sells them in 18 packs. So I think we're like four or five, like 18 packs. And we almost have, we're, we're like 10 shy of a whole set of, uh, playing cards. Well, please do the responsible thing and keep drinking. Do it for all of us. Yeah. Um, it's for the babies. It's for the, it's. It's for the shawty. <laughs> yeah, do it for the shawties. Um, all right, let's uh, get into this movie. One of my favorite movies of the 90s. I'm sure uh, um, you... Right off the bat, the first thing I want to say about this movie is just how fucking good the soundtrack is. Yeah, I forgot. Like, we always talk the... about how good the American Pie 2 soundtrack is. Oh no! The Katie just looked at me weird. The American Pie Two soundtrack is like fucking is is just banger after banger. Mm-hmm. But this fucking sound this soundtrack is like the '90s version of American Pie Two. Katie, Katie, Phoenix TX's Phoebe Cates is on this. Yeah, dude, it's so um, it, the soundtrack is so fucking good. Smokescreen. Yeah. Uh, dude, fucking uh, Susan. Third, uh, three doors down. Dude, let me tell you, the other day at work, um, I had my phone playing music, and the one guy goes, hey, can you play? He was just telling me to play, like, every song from, like, American Pie soundtrack only. Like, he's like, he told me, oh, fuck, I can't remember what the one was, but he told me to play Vertigo by American Hi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit, dude, like, you're fucking... Just you're rattling. I'm like, I wish Zach was here right now because Zach would appreciate the, the American Pie Two soundtrack that's happening. That, of course, is the second best American High Five song mm. after Flavor. I think spelled the European way of the Flavor, Flavour, and it's also weak spelled W E A K. It's weak, yes. Yeah, it's weak as in the not strong. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this this soundtrack like. I'm probably like for the next like three days. I'm probably going to be listening to this soundtrack on my fucking phone. Yeah, there's songs on here um, that I hadn't listened to in a long time. It used to be part of my semi uh, regular uh, um, rotation. Uh, no, most notably, notably, I might sound a little off today because I smashed my face. For yeah, and uh, my lips a little. It's a, it's less swollen. Uh, but it's still swollen. And then I made the mistake of for dinner tonight. Uh, I had buffalo shrimp. Oh no, dude! You have an open wound on your face. And uh, while making the sauce, I'm homemade the sauce because I'm bougie. Um, I was like, oh, okay, what are flavor profiles that go go well with with shrimp? Uh, uh, of course, 
uh, lemons. Oh, yeah. So, you know, throw a little lemon pepper in there, throw some lemon juice into the sauce, you know, just to make it um, extra special. <laughs> what um, flavor profile goes good with shrimp and an open wound on my lip? Lemons and buffalo, perfectly. Um, so yeah, uh, most notably, uh, the song Rock and Roll by I think Daniel Johnston, the one that plays, uh, when uh, Mark is watching Guar on TV. Yeah, um, all the girls just... already had boyfriends. Yeah, I used to listen to that song all the time. Uh, one of my favorite, like the, the one song that I made sure to note, uh, make a note of. Is um, uh, Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits? Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking love that song with a passion. Um, Zach, growing up, uh, we lived around the corner from a Tower Records, mm-hmm. which was, you know, it's Tower Records. Tower Records was still like a, a chain record store, but it kind of had that vibe. Um, to it that I feel like Empire Records gives. Yeah, it definitely wasn't like a like a Sam Goody. Yeah, it wasn't like a Sam Goody, or I feel like even like a Virgin. Um, I but like watching this movie, like the Madonna wish, song. Exactly. I wish we had a fucking mom and pop record store that, like, you know, these fucking weird alt chicks with shaved heads and like Renee Zellweger and fucking Mark worked at like this like just like the shenanigans that are happening at this store over the course of a day just seem like I want to be I want to work there and I want to be I oh, want yeah. to shop there I want to this, work there I just want to be there as much as I possibly can if nothing else this movie made me want to work at a record store yeah. um uh but yeah so getting into it um Excuse me. Oh, uh, so we get uh, Lucas. He's being allowed to close for the first time. And he finds the Music Town uh, stuff. And I love the overlay where it's just oh, like... Oh, like, I have a note. This is, I love that they have transparencies for what the store is going to yeah. look like. Um, yeah, I love the, the, the facade overlay. Um, he takes the money that he's supposed to be depositing in the bank uh, as uh, approximately $9,000. Uh, he knows that because he counted it twice. It's not. I think he says it's nine thousand one hundred and four. It's something. I, yeah, it's somewhere. I didn't take uh, specific notes. Um, so he um, takes it to Atlantic City. He gambles Which, it at the. Let me ask you a question. Where where do you think where does this movie take place? See, I'm confused because later on when when. Uh, Rex gets to the store and he's like he thinks it's like a gross looking store or whatever and Gene mm-hmm. says come on it's like these are the people that buy your records you gotta like play to middle America I was like this isn't middle America Lucas uh, uh, scootered to Atlantic City last night in his no, 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 no 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 Dead drives a scooter he drives a legitimate motorcycle is it a motorcycle? Yeah, oh yeah yeah Dead drives the, the Vespa yeah um yeah, because I have a note about him falling asleep, sitting up on it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm I imagine guessing... this, I mag- I have to imagine this movie takes place either like 
Zach and I, you know, Zach and I grew up in Philadelphia. So either right over the bridge in Jersey or like it, there's so there's here's the thing. There's a body. There's there's when they when they do this shot at the end of the movie, when they when they, they uh, the crane shot, when they like pan out from the store, there's a river behind the store. So I'm just going to operate on the assumption since Lucas gets to and from Atlantic City in the course like so quickly, and there's there's a river on the store on the behind the store. I'm going to assume that that river is the Delaware, and I'm going to assume that this store is somewhere in New Jersey, like directly over the bridge from Philadelphia. Yeah, I was I had figured like small town New Jersey or like, yeah. small town. At the furthest, like small town New York. Yeah. Um, okay, so he bets he, he wins a a a craps roll. I think I don't know how craps works. I uh, doubles it to to eighteen thousand, and then he's going to roll again and double it to thirty six thousand. Which, um, this movie would have you believe is enough to buy a store. I guess. I mean, in, said, time, in, Zach, in 1995, $36,000 could get you anything. Uh, just because we know I love to do this, um, $36,000 in 1995 would be equivalent to a B. A B a, wow. I uh, can't even blame my lip for that one. Would be equivalent to $68,000 today. But still, I don't think Well, I mean, when at the point in at the end, towards the end of the movie, um, when Joe confronts Mitch about. Um, Lucas like stealing the money and everything, or like needing the money and everything like that. Um, he says, "I'm." He's like, "I'm going to open up my own store," and he's like, "You don't have the startup capital." And he's like, "Yes, he does." He's like, "He'll get it." Like, so you said sixty in 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 today's time in today's money that would be sixty eight thousand. Mm-hmm. I mean, sixty eight thousand seems like like I put like. $2,000 down on a car which costs like 20 something thousand dollars. I can ass- I would assume that like dropping $68,000 is like a down payment on a store is legit in 1995. Mm, maybe. You know what I mean? Google, like, how much does a store cost? <laughs> how much is a store? Let's see, let's see what let's see what it says when I say what the, yeah. how much does a store cost? How much um, I love when Lucas gets to Atlantic City and he's like walking through. Like he pulls the one, he pulls the slot machine and it hits the jackpot, and then like he walks by the roulette table and calls like the number that it lands on. I love how like he's super lucky, and until he like dedicates his his role to Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says <clears throat> you need about sixty nine thousand dollars to open a store to buy a store. Uh, no, I did. Um, I, 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 question, Zach. Have you ever? Oh, excuse me. Have you ever gambled in like a casino? I've gambled in Atlantic City. Um, has like? Have, I mean, not what, what I played you, a little. I played a little. Do, what did when you gambled in like in Atlantic City? What did you do? Um, you know, high stakes baccarat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I, uh, you know, a couple, a little, we were there for, we weren't there to gamble. We were there for like a hockey game that was at the convention center there. And then we ended up, me and one of my buddies ended up staying. So we ended up, I, I played a little slots, a little, um, little roulette and maybe a little video poker. Okay. 
I um, think it came out maybe up like ten. Like I wasn't playing enough to like like even if like I, I like I didn't even come out up or down any like huge amount of money. Yeah. Um so for the listeners at home, um I'm recording uh with my girlfriend Katie next to me. God, we get and it, Adam. You have a I know, I know. I, I'm God. dating somebody. I, you get I understand. Oh um, she has a she's a degenerate gambler. Um, have you, Katie? Have you ever gambled like at, you've gambled in Atlantic City? Did you? What did you play? Did you play like at a table, or were you playing like slots and shit? I I just sponsored when I go. Yeah. You have a bankroll. Yeah. <laughs> no, I play slots. Okay, like the fact that he walks up to a, a a craps table and puts a stack of cash on the table, and he's just like. It's nine thousand one hundred and four. I I counted it twice, and the fact that they're just like, yeah, like <laughs> I don't think you can just can you walk up to a like a a, a gaming table and put cash on the table and they're go like, how you do it, though. no, but like would they give you like you go walk up and you give them cash and they give you chips, yeah, but like you can't just like put cash on the table and they just fucking leave that cash on the table, no. like that seemed like weird as shit to me. Especially like the fact that it was like nine thousand dollars. Like you walk up and put like a twenty on a table, like, okay, we'll leave that there. But like at the risk of close to ten grand. At the risk of blowing up everything that we do here, it's a movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, it's a movie. Yeah. Agreeable. Um Oh, I'm not on the right thing. Um All right, Jack, be- let me tell you. Yeah. When I was when I was watching the movie, and I breathed a, a huge sigh of relief that I didn't have to pay attention enough to make intros for us. But I was really hoping that you were say that my intro is uh, I'm uh, joined by my co-host, who uh, is I, I I don't know how you would word it, but I love. I would have gone like my back. my co-host is Adam, and Adam, you are sex. Exactly. Yes, dude. <laughs> It's um, frightening how our brain works together, Zach. Um, but I, I, I just love that, baby. You are sex. Um, it's so, it's so like, it's just such. It's so fucking. The, that line is so strange to me. Like, that there's people. I just imagine like that there's Adam, just girls. Adam, I've been, who, I've been to Atlantic City. That's they say that all the time there. <laughs> it's, just it's almost. It's it's like when you drive into town, there's that big billboard like on the side that says "Welcome to Atlantic City." Uh, baby, you are, you sex. are sex. In quotation marks, it's a. I just like the idea of like women who hang around like craps tables, like just trying to fuck like a high roller. They're just like I'm just gonna hang around for a, before like to wait for a dude in a turtleneck at, sweater. At the very least, drop nine thousand dollars on the table. At, at the very least, in movies, I can't speak to in reality because I've never played craps, uh, even though I have been to Atlantic City. Yeah. Um, uh, th- th- I love that in movies, uh, women who stand by uh, craps tables is a genre of women. Yeah, like <laughs> that's a very specific type of woman. Um, uh, right, let's 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 get this. We got a lot to get to. Let's get this thing moving. Um, so um, real the quick, money. I love I love how philosophical Lucas is throughout the course of the movie. Um, we have the 
before he even gets to Atlantic City, we have the the first philosophical quote from Lucas is uh, in the immortal words of the doors, the time to hesitate is through. But when he's talking to AJ and Mark, when they show up at the store in the morning, we get uh, I don't regret the things I've done, but those I did not do. Yeah, he gets really uh, uh, weird. And AJ I... calls him out on it later. He's like, "You were normal yeah, but, you know, yesterday, kinda... but now you're like the 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 Chinese, the Asian guy from Karate Kid." It kind of doesn't work as well because we don't see him before very much, mm-hmm. and when we do see him prior to losing the money, he kind of is that way a little bit. Yeah, like he's he. I feel like when Renee Zellweger in the beginning, when Renee Zellweger comes in, um. And like says like oh Joe's letting you close he's like he's like good luck. Like, oh, so this he, should give us even kind of a like better idea, weird... huh? This should give us an even better idea of where this movie it takes place. Um, if you had to guess what time Empire Records opens, mm, maybe like I don't know. Like it, it blew my mind. Like I forgot the whole like Empire Records is open at midnight. This is Mark. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that a record store is open till midnight is fucking rad. I have to assume that they're opening like. I don't know. Like I, I have to assume they're opening like maybe, like eight nine o'clock. Like not like super late in the morning, but not like they're not opening like. At, All right. Let's like, let's call it nine o'clock. So it closes at nine. I mean, it, it, it closes at midnight, so that we have to assume the very earliest we see him the first time when Renee Zellweger walks in, it's midnight. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the very earliest. Um, he then proceeds to bomb around Joe's office for a little bit, drumming, smoking a cigar, listening to, to whatever. Um, I'll, give him, I'll give him at least... Half an hour to forty-five minutes in Joe's office because that cigar isn't fully like. All right, burnt so burnt. then, so now we're looking at like close to one before he even sets off for Atlantic City. Okay, mm-hmm. then he's got to gamble, get there, gamble, do the whole thing, drive back, and he doesn't just get there when they're, he's he's asleep on the motorcycle for X amount of time. So we're looking at yeah, but, so he's but not we even see that his his gambling in Atlantic City lasts all of what five minutes. All right, but think about it. You you, you get to Atlantic but City. But you know what? When 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 they find him sleeping on his bike, he has like the giant cup on the front of the bike as if he was playing slots. So you have to assume mm-hmm. that maybe he he so Yeah, he say, does have coins because remember he's tossing them out at some point. Yeah. So we see, so let's say Renee Zellweger walks in at like 10 after 12. Stores close, she walks into the, into the office. He bombs around in Joe's office for 45 minutes. So we're at 1 o'clock right now. Mm-hmm. He d- decides to drive to Atlantic City. We'll say, we'll give him, at, at that time of night, we'll give him another hour to Atlantic City if he's on like the east side of New Jersey. And then five minutes at the craps tables, and then you know, I'll give him another hour at um, at slots or something like at, at at the slot machine. So, and then driving back, we're at like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And he's dri- when he's leaving to drive back, or when he's 
Or no, well, I'll say I'll, I'll give it five o'clock in the morning when he's getting back to the store. So you think he's asleep on his motorcycle for like four hours? Three to four hours, yeah. Well, yeah, it wouldn't be exactly. It would probably be about like three and a half because they have to go in and open the store. They don't just walk in at nine. All right, so so let's say so. Let's see. Let's say it takes two. It's a two-hour drive to Atlantic City. Let's say. I mean, I, I'm not even going to say that. At literally at one o'clock in the morning. At one o'clock in the morning. It's probably fucking empty roads. You're probably just shooting straight up the expressway. So I'm probably I'm saying like at minimum at most an hour, minimum forty five minutes from where they a, are to Atlantic City. I'm just trying to get like a a, a, a radius because I I have this app open that supposedly could show you like a, you put in a, a time. And it can show you like a radius of uh-huh. like uh, of which it's not doing a very good job of doing right now. Okay, so two hours from Atlantic City, let's just call it two hours. Okay. Um, you're looking at anywhere from like anywhere in New Jersey is a two-hour drive, and as far west in Pennsylvania. As the furthest western point in Pennsylvania that it reaches is Coatesville, so not that far from Philadelphia. Like it, it's not that like it's yeah. not that big a, a, a time span. I mean, a, a, a radius on the map. Um, like for instance, you could not drive to uh, Dover, Delaware. Even though it's it's like much closer than it is to Philadelphia, just because of you know ocean. Anyway, mm-hmm. this is all just very dry and pedantic. Um, uh, uh, Adam, is what's your favorite holiday? I'm sorry. What's your favorite holiday? Um, actually, me and Katie had this conversation earlier. My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving because that is the best meal of the year. Oh. What's your favorite holiday, Zach? Rex Manning Day. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Um, Rex Manning Day. <laughs> I'm um, a practicing Rex Manning Day. Yeah. A man. A um, Zach. Zach yes. So, in, in my memory, Zach, you have worked at the hospital, mm-hmm. the bank, <laughs> That's what it's and called. then the hospital just the, again. Just, just the hospital. I've yeah. worked other places. Yes. You worked at Frankfurt, the bank, and then you were at Torsdale. And another place I worked. Huh? I worked at another place. Are, you just, you are, are, we, are we listing all of my jobs or just those the most recent? No, no, I'm listing all your jobs. Where, where else did you work besides those places? The nursing home. Oh, the nursing home. I can't believe I forgot about that. Um, I can't believe it either, Adam. Let me, let me ask you a question. Has the break room... In any of those jobs, ever been as fucking sweet as the break room is at Empire Records? No, because working in a record store is fucking sweet. Working in a record store is a fucking dream. Um, um, so let's talk about Joe real quick because I never paid attention to how um, to a couple things. Joe's jewelry, which is top notch. He's got yeah, th- dude. He's got rings, like he's got bracelets. a chain. He's got he's got rings. On his fingers. Um, his tie. 
Yeah. Do you notice that he starts when he shows up? He's wearing the tie, and then almost immediately he's not wearing the tie. Yes, Adam, because uh, he's very stressed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, that's what I mean. Uh, by the way, uh, just I'm going to make comparisons throughout the movie. Corey is the Brian. Hmm. Corey is the Brian. Like the Brian, like our brother? No, like from Breakfast Club last week. Oh, oh, okay. Gina is the slutty character that didn't get detention. Because she's too busy having sex to get in trouble to get in trouble at school. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so yeah, we meet Corey, um, who is the Brian, who is played by Liv Tyler, who is Coyote Shiver's stepdaughter. Um <laughs> I got a little angry at uh, Renee Zellweger when she grabbed that vinyl off of, of Renee. I was like, damn, Gina? Can't hand, manhandle the vinyl like that. Yeah, seriously. You're that's not, that's that not, it's, it's not like it, she just picked that up on, on record store day. Like That's a, that's vintage. Um, yeah. A little uh, fuzzy on the timeline here. So it's 1995 in this, yes? Mm-hmm. We have to assume. Um, uh when do we think Rex Manning was on? What was the name of the show? The Family, the Family Way, or the Family Way? Yeah. So, and this Come vinyl came. He, it seems like he was like a seventies teen idol. I want to say like late seventies, early eighties. Because let's talk. Let's talk about um, how old people are in this movie. Um, how old they're supposed to be. Um, cause Liv Tyler, the oldest is, can be, is like 18, right? Yeah. She's, she's definitely, going, a, like, she's going to, she's going to Harvard. She's definitely a senior in college. High mm. school. High yeah. School. Okay. So, so she would have been, there's no way, like when you see that album car, I don't buy that Rex Manning was an early 80s teen idol. It seems very like in line with like David Cassidy in the Partridge family yeah. mm-hmm. kind of thing, which would put it like mid 70s, I think. Yeah. So like she was watching him on reruns? I guess. And like maybe the vinyl was her mom's and she, I'm very confused as to how she was introduced and became infatuated with, well, I mean, with the sexy Rexy. She she works at a record store, so she knows that vinyl is uh, is superior to all. <laughs> so maybe she was watching reruns, and like it's maybe maybe it's not her mom's vinyl. Maybe it's actually her vinyl that she acquired through, you know, the store. But it yeah, like now that you mentioned, like the timeline does seem weird. Like he definitely, like the only way that makes sense is if she was watching it on. So, if 1995, if you were 18, when were you born? Uh, uh, 77. 77. So, like, we're talking, like, he's, like, mid to late 70s, early 80s at the earliest, at the at the most recent um, teen idol. She, she had to have been watching his shit on reruns. But it's very realistic that, like, her, through working at the record store, if she acquired that vinyl... Um, 
but it'd be like her. It'd be like if it was 2005 and I was turning 18 and I had a huge crush on Michael J. Fox's sister from Family Ties. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was a hottie, so. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, because also because it, it, it gets things get super problematic if people's ages go one like a few months one way or the other at certain points, yeah. Um, because we know for a fact AJ is old enough to live on his own. I mean, he's 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 weird because he's old enough to, to live on his own. But he's going to art school. He's like, it's weird. Like he says, he's been working at the store on and off for five years, and he is living on his own. And he's like now just going to art school. So like, I'm gonna assume. I'm gonna for the I'm record, gonna, just to I'll, just to let, clue everyone in that didn't pick up on. Uh, we know he lives on his own because when Joe asks him to close the store. Meaning he needs to work more hours. He says For it's fine. Rent. His his rent just went up. Yeah. So, so we know I'm gonna operate. I'm gonna operate in the assumption that Liv Tyler is at oldest eighteen, and then it has gonna... to, that's that's the very oldest. I don't know yeah. many like so. It, she's an overachiever, so there's no way she like was held back at any point. Mm-hmm. So the very oldest she could be would be eighteen. So, I'm going to say Liv Tyler is 18. I'm going to say AJ is 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, just so he could, you know, he graduated high school, took a couple years off, and is now going to art school. Um but still not creepy that he's trying to date Liv Tyler. It's not great. It's not super great. No. I mean, but, maybe in 90, I mean in '95 it might have been like a little bit more like whatever. But like nowadays, I think it's like even we've gotten to that point where even like a 22 year old hitting on an 18 year old girl in high school is like not great. I'm pretty sure, Zach, we've gotten to the point where, like, an 18-year-old boy hitting on an 18-year-old girl in high school isn't great. Oh, well, what did I see? Fuck, I'm never going to remember. It was a meme. And it was a screenshot of some movie or show. And it was like, fuck. It was like uh, what an 18-year-old boy says after he just, like, on his birthday like about his 17 year old girlfriend like they were dating when they were 17 and he just turned and it was like basically like 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 the, the cops can't find me or some shit i forget yeah i'm glad i brought it up mm-hmm. um, um I'm, but i'm gonna we're, assume we are not very I'm far gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna operate on the assumption that everybody who works in the store is between the ages of 18 and 23 I would say Mark might be a little bit younger. I would if you told me Mark was like seventeen, maybe I'd be fine. Um, we you realize how 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 far into this podcast are we right now? I don't have the timer up. Forty five um, minutes. We're so we're forty five minutes. Um, we've spent I would say forty three of those minutes um, mapping out uh, 
drives from to and from Atlantic City and mm-hmm. making a timeline of birthdays. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, real quick, before we get off the topic, who do you think is the oldest of the employees? Uh, huh, maybe, maybe Burko? Fuck, dude, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, Burko's, but, I, but like, at oldest, Burko's like 24. Yeah. And like, probably Deb is like, right, or like a little younger than that, because she's at least old and old enough and mature enough and been working there long enough that she's doing the taxes for the store. Yeah. Um, and then probably AJ and Lucas are probably right around the same age. Yeah. I mean, Lucas probably is a little bit older. I'd probably put Lucas at like maybe. Well, Lucas we... is allowed to gamble in Atlantic City. So he has to be at least 21. And I'm sure if we really paid attention, we might have been able to. There, there might be like like numbers thrown out over the course of the thing that we might like, maybe not, but I feel like if we paid a little bit closer attention, we might've been able to piece it together. So I would probably go Burko, Deb, Lucas, AJ, Gina. And then the combination of, so probably Eddie then. I see. Maybe I would maybe, maybe Eddie and Mark are like the same age. And then Corey. Yeah, maybe I, yeah. But again, I can I, see Mark being the youngest. Uh, Eddie's working two jobs, which maybe makes me think Eddie is past high school. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Eddie might be Eddie might be in like the Burko age group. Um, no, nah, I don't think so. And just the fact that he's like you know he's a burnout. He's like he's making pop brownies for Mark. Like he's a, he's. He's very obvious. He's not. Right, let's talk know. about let's since since you brought them up organically. Let's talk about the pop brownies. They're obviously. Why does he say that they put a lot of sugar in them? I, I think I think he's just saying like you know. No, because like if you are if I were insinuating to you that I these are pot brownies, mm-hmm. and I said. Uh, you know, they're my special recipe. I put a lot of flour in them. You know, I just I would just say they're my special recipe. Like I think, like they these two people are are cl- like friends enough. I feel like that there would be a special understanding there. I mean, I guess I don't know. But the way he like... says it isn't winking. Like the way he says, I put like there's a lot of sugar, makes it sound like like you think it's pop brownies, but you just put a lot of sugar in them. Yeah. Um, Zach, let me ask you a question about pop brownies. Mm-hmm. Have you ever have you ever had taken edibles? Specifically brownies, yeah. Um, Katie, Cu- couple times. Have you ever have you ever partaken in edibles? Okay. So in the movie, Mark is it, he's. The, oh no! You the, definitely talk with war. The question. The pack. The package that he is given does not look like it's that big. Like I'm going to say, at most, three brownies. Oh, oh that's way more than you need. If they're if they're made, no, right. that, that, uh, you don't have much butter or like. No, that's what like, I mean. That's absolutely too much brownies. But like, he's actively eating them and fucked up enough that he's hallucinating 
playing guitar for Guar on the TV. No, like I said, I every time I've taken is them that how over. is that how edibles work? That's why I've I taken them. Edibles. I've taken them twice. Taken brandies twice. The first time I talked to Guar. <laughs> the second time I took to, I talked to Mudvayne. Oh, perfect. Because oh. the second what time I took a little too much. Did you do static X next? No, I heard that's what happens when you take gummies. <laughs> yeah, when you do when you do gummies, you don't have to static yeah, X. You just sit there in the corner and you're just like cold. I'm so cold, <laughs> dude. I tried to play last night. I tried to play Can static. You, you got eaten by the monster in. No, that was Paul. Oh. Paul, I was telling I was telling Katie earlier that Paul's first concert was Guar, and he got eaten by the monster that lives underneath the drum set that Mark gets eaten by. Mm-hmm. Um. But last night I tried to make Katie's Alexa play Cold by Static X and she looked at me like I was an asshole for trying to play Static X. I'm like, fuck you, this is a great song. That was a great song. <laughs> the part where he goes, my, like, my head falls back. That part. My head falls back cold. Yeah. So cold. Um, funny story. Funny story? What was your girlfriend saying? Oh, she was saying that she's saying that we're really holding, like we're really burning a candle for fucking cold by Static X right now. <laughs> next week we're we're doing our first music video. Yeah, we're doing. It's, we're it's, next week we're just doing the podcast on Cold by Static X. No. We're doing actually. We're doing. Um, How about that it, song it, being it, like the first fucking music video though? Uh, oh. The video "Kill the Radio Star" plays in this song, and Katie was Katie was uh, pointing out that it was the first ever music video played on MTV was "Video Kill the Radio Star" by the Buggles. But is it the is it the Buggles or the Bugles? Is it Buggles. I, I say Buggles. Both not, are terrible bands. At least it's not Static X. That's all we have to worry about. That's the second music video that was played <laughs> on MTV. It was yeah. "Cold" by Static X. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, with, uh, was ahead of their times, dude. Downtown Julie Brown's like coming up next on MTV, <laughs> a, 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 a video from the future. <laughs> um, no, next week we're doing a it's a it's a split episode. A half of it is about Static X, uh, Cold. The other one, uh, it it pairs with uh, Stupid Girl by the band Cold. Yeah, garbage. Um, oh, you know that song, Stupid Girl by Cold. Oh no. I'm gonna play a video for you later. Is she talking about garbage? Garbage? She's always, dude. She's always talking about garbage. No, I saw a weird picture the other day. I saw a weird picture the other day. What? You said you saw a weird picture today. Oh, it wasn't today. It was a weird picture the other day. It was of the band Garbage. And I forget where I saw it on a website somewhere. And it was, admittedly, it was the band in the background leaning against a railing, and Shirley Manson was in the foreground. Uh-huh. And the caption said, "Shirley Manson, lead singer of the band Garbage, with her band." I was like, "You just said that!" Like, <laughs> I was like, "That's a real shot at the band Garbage." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if I was those other guys in Garbage, I'd be like, "Wait a tick." Um, anyway, we are not very far into this. I mean, I feel like this is going to be a very loose episode anyway. But um, I have a note that's just um, friend of the podcast, Ethan Embry, is this movie. 
Like I love Ethan. Like Ethan Embry's character might be the heart and soul of Empire Records. And it's it's crazy because this is the first of the three big Ethan Embry '90s movies. Yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah, I think I think that thing you do was the next year. Uh huh. So he didn't age that much in between making this movie and Can't Hardly Wait. All you got to do is cut that kid's hair, and he ages like. 15 years, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I gotta tell you, I, I, as much as we're sick of hearing about how you have a girlfriend, having someone in the background laughing at every other thing I say is is, is great for me. Yeah. Zach, Zach just needs the ego boost. Like, Katie has to be on yeah. every podcast. We don't, we don't even have to post this. This is just, I'll, I'll just take this Sorry. as like just my just weekly affirmation. Now I'm really um, I thought you were uh, so um, somebody. Uh, oh, we get the one thirty-seven thing uh, where he says he's gonna he's gonna tell Corey by one thirty-seven. Oh yeah, I love um I love when he tells he tells it to Joe that he's gonna tell her by one thirty-seven exactly, and then later he tells Lucas that like, I'm gonna tell her about I got to tell her by one thirty-seven, and then Lucas just goes that is an excellent time. <laughs> um, Zach, do you remember when we? We're doing Spooky Movie Club this past October, and we covered. Do I? Do I? Third cousin is not like a, a number of a virus. Like it's like thirty-three. Oh, okay. Re- yeah, thir- okay. a records of, of a normal twelve-inch record spins at thirty-three and a half. Okay. Um, when we did Spooky Movie Club and we covered uh, Hocus Pocus, do you remember how we were talking about how Hocus Pocus is the only time Sarah Jessica Parker has ever been attractive? Yeah, I think I Empire Records. Empire Records is the only time Renee Zellweger has ever been attractive to me. Uh, I really dug her when she was Judy Garland. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what was? She did look really good in that movie. What is? Yeah, especially when she was really pilled out towards the end. Uh, what yeah. is my note? It just says seems NY Queen Sarah Saturday. Oh, what the fuck did you just say? I don't know. It's what my note says. I think I had a typo. And what, what uh, is it? NYC Queens. It doesn't say it's not New York City. NY Queen Sarah Saturday. I, I think it I made a note at one point to look up somebody. There might be like a band that's mentioned or something. Mm. Uh, anyway, so I have a question as to so they do the contest to see who gets to pick the music. Yeah, and they're all bummed when Mark wins, but then they're all singing along to the song. It's crazy because like I thought about that too while I was watching. Like they're all singing along, they're all having a great time, oh. and then AJ vetoes it. Uh, the song that plays is called "Seams" by Queen Sarah Saturday. Oh, there you go. I, there's a typo, and I actually wrote NY instead of BY. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, I thought that too, where like they're all having a great time. They're, they're all dusting, they're all dan- dust dancing, which is always huh? the best kind of da- They're dusting dancing, which is always yeah. the best kind of dancing. It's the best way to clean. Um, um, yeah, does he burn the CD so that it won't play again? Yeah. Okay. Seems like he could have just broke it or something. No, because I feel like I feel like if he broke it, like I feel like he wants to he wants to make it so you can't play it, but he also wants to fuck with Mark. 
because Mark mm-hmm. seems like the type of person who would like put it in and be like he couldn't figure out why it wasn't playing. Like if he breaks in half, it's very obvious why it's not playing because it's in two fucking pieces. Well, but if you look at the bottom of it, it and there's a big scorch mark. Yeah, but Mark's an idiot. Um, Mark has to check his name tag to see how his name is spelled. Love the whole bit about uh, where Lucas is explaining where the money is. Uh, It's in in Atlantic City. Is it coming back from Atlantic City? Probably not. He's like, what is it doing there? Recirculating? And then my other favorite note, uh, not note, favorite line in that little section is where he goes, I told Mitchell that you forgot to to deposit the money. He goes, Joe, that's not true. It's in Atlantic City. City. Um, uh, Just so I... um, uh, just to satiate, satiate my my you know thirst for knowledge, the mural on the back of the store is Madonna. Yeah, my note is I my note is I love Mark kissing the Madonna picture. Okay. Um. All right. So we talked about. I think we've talked about this kind of thing when we did League of Their Own, and I was concerned about their pitching staff. Uh, I'm sure something like this has come up. Um, before, what does the daily schedule for Empire Records look like? Do we see um, all of the employees that work at this store? Yeah, or are there people that didn't show up on their day off to see Rex Manning? No, no, I assume that everybody that works for that store works every day, all day. Because we see that Corey is there not when she's supposed to be. Yeah, because Joe says you're not supposed to be until later. Yeah. And we don't see Burko do any work. He just walks around with a guitar. Um, we don't yeah. see Eddie do any actual work. Um, they have two register people. Um, Mark's busy kissing ballerina feet. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I, I would like to see the schedule and like, what time do people come in? Cause everyone's there by like, like mid, mid afternoon at the latest. I mean, I feel like everybody, Eddie walks in when Rex Manning is having his lunch. No, I re- that's wrong. Eddie walks in after Rex is having has his lunch, because he's walking in when him and Gina are, are having sex. Yeah, which is after. So I'm gonna say at latest Eddie's walking in like one thirty. So then Eddie is Eddie on the schedule for nine and a half hours or ten? Sure. And a, no, more than that, a, ten and a half hours. Yeah, and then. Like I, I I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that they have how many employees? Uh, six, uh, like eight employees spread spread out over a like almost a like if we if we're going on our they open at nine thing then then like a like a fifteen hour day. In all fairness, though, Lucas. Isn't I don't believe Lucas is well, like Lucas is there. Isn't isn't scheduled. He's but he's he's either not scheduled or he's not scheduled till far later because he he's be the closing manager. Hmm. Okay. I'll I'll talk to 
Uh, Carol Heikinen. Yeah. Carol um, Heineken. Uh, so we we meet Robin Tunney's uh, Deb, who is the Allison, with a bit of Brian mixed in. Yeah. I love the fact, speaking of Deb, I love the fact that, like, this record store has, has a, hair, a trimmer? hair trimmer in the and, bathroom. Just in no, case. Because she comes out and she puts it back on a shelf. Yeah. So it's like, they're it, like, they're like, Guys, welcome! Thank, uh, welcome to Empire Records. Congratulations on on getting the job. Uh, there's the time clock. If you'll notice, right to the left of the time clock, there's a shelf. There's a hair trimmer there. If you ever <laughs> need to cut your hair in the bathroom, it's right there. Um, if you ever need to get some angst out, how did Deb she hear did, about she the? Did good. What'd you say? No, uh, no good. You were you were. I think I was going to say she did look good with the short hair though. Better than the the like goth the doll weird, hair that she had. Yeah, the weird the weird haircut she had beforehand. Um, how did Deb hear about the money? Um, I assumed everybody texted each other. Yeah, <laughs> they sent her. They sent her uh, a DM. Yeah, everybody like even Burko comes in and is like, "Hey, Lucas, I heard a story about you." Uh, we get the the line. What's with today? Today, I have that. I have that notice. What is with today? Today, did Deb just try to cut one wrist? Just one? Or she get? Yeah. Like, I think did she get frustrated with the lack of progress because she said it took her forever. No, to, see, you know, here's the thing. Like with Deb, Deb's suicide attempt seems more of a cry for help than a legitimate suicide attempt. So I feel like. She is, she's, she's cutting her wrist not to actually kill herself, but she's doing it for, and as, as she, the, the cry for help. So I feel like she would only do the one wrist. And she's dating Burko, yeah? Because they never really explain what, I get, what exactly. I get that vibe, yeah. And like they had a fight or something? Maybe, yeah. Or like, I don't know, I don't know if they had a fight. Because he, he just, seems, he seems to think that he... Is the reason she did it? I yeah, it's 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 very unclear. Um, but I I get the vibe that they were they had a fight the night before. Um. Uh. Da, 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 Mark starts a mosh pit in the store. Oh, dude, the note I have on the screen on my computer is just Mark having a mosh in the store is fucking amazing. And I love Renee Zellweger like cutting through it to veto it, and she's just like bouncing into him. She's like, "Ow, <laughs> ow!" Like, <laughs> um, we get the best Gina, things when life are free. Yeah, Gina gets really, really ballsy, like throwing this whole shit in in Joe's face, basically. And then Joe yells at the everybody and calls them all losers. And I put that a uh, calling all these children losers as uh, Principal Ver, uh, Principal Vernon vibes, where he was like. Yeah, Just calling names like all these children. Uh, he, here's a controversial take. Um, we we know how classic the uh, the Buggle Beagle video killed the radio star is. I prefer the presence of the United States cover. Yeah, of video killed the radio star. I I, um, I, I, I get behind that. Then you've never seen the wedding singer. No, she hasn't. Then you haven't. She doesn't recognize Adam Sandler as a viable actor. 
Uh, you're my wife either. <laughs> um, people say uh, that's the celebrity uh, besides Charlie Day. When my beard is a little shorter, I get Adam Sandler as the the celebrity. I look like really. I, I don't really. I don't really. I get Charlie Day. My when my beard is a little shorter, like a little tighter, I get that um, sometimes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I go. Who's that's that? interesting that you get those two because I don't see them at all. I don't see them. Um, I can see Adam Sandler. <clears throat> well, of the two, that's the more insulting one. <laughs> um, like old school Adam I, Sandler, like Happy Gilmore. Oh, Sandler. back when he was handsome and not a weird looking yeah. Jewish guy. Um, <laughs> I love, um, I love the line from Mark. Uh, we mustn't dwell, not today. We can't. Not on Rex Manning Day. You know, one of these times, I don't know, I'm just gonna have you sit and read the script of the uh-huh. recovery. Um. Uh, I think that one of the most 90s things in this um, movie is when they roll out a television playing a video. Mm-hmm. I was um, watching that thinking, how is that working right now? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I was thinking like, I understand like that the TV could have power running to it, but it was just the TV. I didn't see a VCR built into the TV. I didn't see a VCR hooked up to the TV. It was very confusing on how that was functioning. And I'm all for it because the 90s. Um, I love the banner that says, Welcome Rex Manning, that obviously they just went down to the Party City and got one of those yeah. like just ki- kits of like, letters. <laughs> you can make yeah, a sign out. Fucking, fucking awesome. Um, uh, I, love, I love Lucas uh, messing with Warren. He's like, he's like, it's a very nice selection. He's like, yeah. He's like, it's a, it's a big jacket you're wearing, a lot of pocket space. And then he just leans in real close. And he's like, the fat man walks alone. <laughs> and then we get, by far, my favorite line of the entire movie. Ethan Embry shouting shoplifter. Screaming. There's a difference between shout and scream. His voice yeah. breaks. Uh-huh. Um, when so when he's chasing him around, he eventually gets him by sitting in an elevated car and opening up the car door. Mm-hmm. But then they show him fall, and like it's one thing if like the car was like on like the back of a truck or something, but it's just on like like the, it's just like bar like like a, a frame. Like, why assume, is this car elevated? I assume that they the the store is next to or in very close vicinity to a car dealership. A dealership that's like displaying a car? Yeah. That's good. That's a solid enough answer to, to, to satisfy um, my, my inquiries. Friend of the podcast, Warren Beatty, because we covered La La Land last, the other day. Um, I like that he, refer, he, he he tells them that his name is Warren Beatty. And they just right. proceed oh. to call... Wow, it's a, call, I had to I had to follow along that spider web to get back to <laughs> yeah to help um, Warren Beatty. They proceed to call him uh, Warren for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. and then we get the 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 great lines like his name is not Warren, his name is not Warren, his name is not Warren. <laughs> I, I thought his name was Warren. Uh, we also get the line he has like, uh, "Why don't you shove them up your butt?" And he goes, "Because it would hurt a lot." <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Zach. And I'm pretty sure Katie will back me up on this. 
Can we talk about Renee Zellweger, like, just wearing the Music Town apron? You can. The look Katie just gave me was like, yeah, we can. We can talk about that <laughs> all night if you want. Um, I love how... Yeah, I love how, like, everyone in the room is just like... Like, AJ starts taking pictures of her and, like... Warren is like drooling over himself, and like Lucas is trying to like keep his attention and stuff like that. Um, and then we get when Rex Manning and what's his assistant's name, Jane. Jane, uh, Rex Manning and his assistant Jane walk in, and um, she steps off the couch and goes, Uh, the walk into music town, how may I service you? And then Jane just starts uncomfortably laughing. Mm. Um, uh, I love uh, you were, uh, when Rex is meeting the fans, we get the, uh, you were my favorite singer in high school. And he's like, well, who's your favorite singer now? It's like, oh, oh, you, you. Still you. Um, um, uh, where am I in the notes? Uh, oh, uh, so we, we get basically get a, a couple of um, scenes in the back of Deborah, not Deborah, Jane. Uh, basically realizing that her job is shit, and then she's working yeah. for a jackass. Um, exactly. Oh, by the way, if, if you if you go with that opera lady, based on that opera lady, the only words in the entire song "Say No More" are "Say No More, Money More." Yeah. Um, um, Zach, can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Who is your favorite singer? Like solo singer or just like a person? Just, like... just singer in general. Mm. Uh, Boss Gags. Boss Gags. I don't Boss Gags <laughs> was driving down the highway and saw Rex banding on the side of the road. Do you think he would pull over and stop to help? Bosmite. Huh? Bosmite. Oh, see, I was really hoping you would respond with, does Boz have a jack? Buzz has a skag. Buzz has a skag, baby. <laughs> um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, <laughs> Buzz, Buzz would because he's driving with Lido, and him and Lido would, um, would help. Uh, you know the song Lido Shuffle. Are you familiar with the song Lido Shuffle? No, I apologize you know for that rustling. I'm trying to, uh, attempting to get a beer out of the fridge, but it's in a plastic bag. The fridges? Huh? The fridge is in a bag? Yes, the fridge is in a plastic bag. <laughs> Wait, I mean, you got to know this song. Hold on. The music sounded familiar, but the lyrics just threw it. Hold on. You might go I'm trying to get to the chorus. Oh, yep. I do. Zach, we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna get so much copyright infringement. No, it's public. It's that that one's up, up in the public domain. That's public um, domain. Uh, uh, da, da, da. Oh, so when they're doing, oh, first off, so Jane ends up quitting, but for some reason quits to Joe. Yeah, 
and doesn't tell Rex apparently. Like she like, but she told Joe, who evidently in this scenario is her superior. So then uh, Joe puts on the ACDC song, mm. and I was confused when I was on, younger. More specifically, if you want blood, you've got it. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. You good? Uh, sorry. Uh, I was confused um, when I was younger because Lucas, for some reason, is doing a Mick Jagger impression, I feel like. Yeah. I get that, too. So I was like, is this, like, is this AJ AC is very obviously doing Angus Young, but a, uh, Lucas does appear to be doing a Mick Jagger. He's doing the lips and everything. Mm-hmm. Um... I thought it was funny that the, the the store originally was a toilet store. Yeah. It was bath, bath and bidet. Uh, oh, so then Perko comes in at some point. And I just love he's walking around the store. He's just got a guitar around him. Mm-hmm. Perko in his back with a troubadour. Yeah. Um, what Mark is trying to do with that ballerina girl is not okay. No. Even in 1995. Um, but it's also not okay that she's just not wearing shoes in a store. No. Yeah. That's a um, policy. The cops took their sweet-ass time coming to get Warren. And then when Joe's yeah. like, do you need a statement from me? They're like, "We no, it's all right. We talked to Mr. Lucas. I was like, is Lucas his last name? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> oh, so here's a little, uh, little bit of a... a uh, I was about to say fantasy booking, but I meant like just the fill in the blanks with your own thoughts. What is the person doing in the listening booth that Joe knocks on the window and wags his finger at? I just, I, for some reason, so like we see the people in the listening booths earlier in the movie. You think they're still in there? Couple, huh? You think they're still in there? Yeah, we see a couple like making out in like various states of undress. Um, I just assume that it's them in further stage of undress. How much further? They were already shirtless. Yeah, Zach, but they could be having... And so they're, they're, they're fucking in there, and he's just like, knock, knock, knock. No, no, no. Yep. Stop your fucking. Stop your fucking. <laughs> Excuse me, uh-huh. ma- ma'am, sir. No, no, no. <laughs> Stop your fucking. Um... Uh- but the song that uh, that plays when Corey is prepping the lunch is called Snake Face. Snake, snake, one more button undone. Um, so hey, here's me. Here's me. When I was watching of... the movie, when I was watching the movie, Katie asked me if I wanted to take a break and smoke a cigarette, and I said absolutely, I did. So I paused it at a very strange moment in the movie where Liv Tyler is just feeling herself up. No, yeah, she's trying to turn accident. on the dude. She like... No, no, that was before he even gets to the room. That's when she's like prepping the lunch. She's, yeah. she's like dancing. Prepping. Yeah, prepping she's like, she's, lunch. like <laughs> she's dancing and she's straight up like just like feeling herself up. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Moose had light. Uh, it's strange. It's got, it's a very, it's, it's very typical light lager, like a, like a Bud Light or a, Miller Light. Yeah. It's got like an aftertaste to it. That's I. Uh, there's something to it. I think it, it has to be something Canadian. 
maple I'm syrup. Guessing, I'm guessing politeness. Yeah. <laughs> it just tastes like red, white, and never. It, it's red, white, but never blue. Um, the can is blue and red and white. <laughs> mm. So false. Um, you want to know the, 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 this will be the creepiest thing I'll say. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, even that creepy. It's always bugged me that she's wearing mismatched underwear. Like, I know she borrowed the bra from. No, I mean, I can get behind it. Like, if, especially considering this is like a big sexual moment for her. I feel like the bra yeah. is match. Also, I don't like I mean, the skirt. Do, uh, Kate, do a lot of skirts do that where they like they're they're like open? Yeah, you gotta pin them or button them together, or is that just like no? But she no, that wasn't a sport. That was literally. Yeah. Katie, like Katie, in the nineties, that was like a thing though. That's... But like you could, it could literally just like. That's not like Catholic school. Like when I went to Saint Cyril's, like that's how they were. It was literally just like you could. It was yeah, just like buttons. a large piece of fabric that yeah. buttoned around you. Okay, so Katie can confirm that. In the nineties, skirts were like that. I mean, I don't know if it still are, but yeah. So it is a very weird um a weird garment though. Um I like that they have a bench on the roof. Yeah. Um I have a note that says, oh, this is my one joke. Uh Rex must love this story. He's just getting pussy thrown at him like he's fucking Gene Kelly or something. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I have the note. I have a note. This is um, I love that Rex has like this super elegant candlelit lunch with a bottle of salad dressing. Yes. Um, I have the note. Uh, just turbo slut. And then I have a question about Renee Zellweger trying to fuck Rex Man. Well, fucking Rex Manning. Yeah. Is she, she when a man and a woman? She's she's fucking them or, just out of spite, right? Like yeah. Like like Liv Tyler said some shit that pissed her off, so she's, she's basically like, like you. This is what you. Fuck. This is what you think of me. I'll show you. Like, yeah, I'll be what you think of me. Yeah. Um. So Liv I love Tyler's that AJ. Sp- huh. Good. I would say I love that AJ. Like, he works at the store, but his hobby. Like his 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 desk for doing his hobby is also at the store. Like he just has multiple art studios. He has one in the break room, and then he has one outside the store where he just does his artwork. Um, the art just is is in him. You know, it's mm-hmm. like like it needs to get out when it needs to get out, and he needs the space to um. You know, to let the art out. Yeah. What were you going to um, say? Uh, oh, uh, so let's talk about Liv Tyler taking speed. Um, oh, wait, before we get to that, can I talk about a continuity error that I that I, w- I noticed? Okay. When AJ puts on um, Rex Manning and is dancing with Deb, at a certain point, Deb takes his shirt off. And then we see the wide shot on the top of the balcony, like the mezzanine from Joe yelling at them. And he's wearing his shirt again. And then we cut back to like the music stopping and he's not wearing a shirt. It is kind of like just 
fucking weird that she takes this guy's shirt off in the sewer. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Liv Tyler takes speed, and she's called out for it, and then it's never addressed again. Nope. Of all the people who have issues in this story, Deb has maybe the most issues, but uh, uh, Corey is a drug addict. Yeah. And we're just, uh, she falls in love at the end, and that's okay. <laughs> we're all right. Um, when Rex takes his breaks, be it lunch or fucking, do people just stand there in line? They're just waiting there in line for him? I would assume so. Uh, also, very unprofessional of Jody. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're 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 sex dancing through the store, but very Joe's just yelling at everyone in front of the customers. Yeah. Oh, I um, also like to think. How many? Do you think there was at least one person who's in the store, and they're like they're shopping, and they're like, I don't really like this store all that much, and then they're like, Joe's like, they're gonna turn you into a music town, and someone's like, Oh, music town? Oh, <laughs> I'll just come back next week and I'll shop at music. Yeah. There's got to be one person who's all about Music Town. Um, so everybody... So now we get to the part where um, Rex and Gina are in the thing, in the room, doing the thing. And um, everybody starts to realize it. And then Corey comes in because she's going to count out because she's not feeling well. And everyone kind of goes like, ooh, like tugs their collars. Does everyone know that she wanted to have sex with Rex and was like into Rex? I guess. I do like AJ jumping off the stairs to, to, to jump on Rex. Yeah. Um, and then Rex having like the terrible, uh, why don't you all just fade away? Mm-hmm. But I do like all the kids just just bullying Rex. Like all these just this this seventies heartthrob just getting bullied by a bunch of children. Yeah. Um Gina calls uh Corey a closet speed freak, which is the name of my new metal album. Uh-uh. Um and the most overacting in the movie is done by Renee Zellweger in this. Yeah. In the scene where she's like smashing side like and screaming and uh but then see we even get I this movie has to know what it was doing in terms of being like the nineties breakfast club. Because we get an inverse of the scene between Allison and Claire where she does the Claire um Allison's makeover. We get an inverse with, with where the goth is being nice yeah. to the and she even does the why are you being nice to me line. Yeah. Um, this movie has to know what it's doing. Yeah. Um, um, we get Mark being high watching Guar. Mm-hmm. Um, the Guar song featured is Sadama Gogo. Um, weird that they have a, a Guar song over top of the Daniel Johnston song. Huh? It's weird that they have the Guar song going like basically over the rock and roll Daniel Johnston yeah. song. I do love that. Um, All the boys already had girlfriends. Yeah. Um, why? Let me ask you a question. Why does Deb agree? See, this is what me leads me to believe that just want attention. Deb, the Deb suicide attempt isn't a legitimate suicide attempt. It is just strictly for attention. Um, the fact that she agrees to do this funeral, 
leads me to believe that she's just attention seeking. The whole concept of the funeral is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I have a note though that playing into what I was saying earlier, the fact that they have a funeral where everybody that's working except one person is at the funeral and they just have one guy up front and he just has a little bit of a rush means that they're yeah. scheduling too many people. Yeah. Um. Oh, I like how Jane is in the background of the funeral at one point. Like you see her, like you see a shot of over, mm-hmm. like, and she's just. I just imagine her going like, "What the fuck are these kids out with their drama?" Yeah. So then um, Mark, Mark is is getting overwhelmed. So AJ goes and helps him, but then Mark leaves AJ. Well, and comes comes to the funeral. In all fairness, though, AJ seems competent. Um. So, what what is the deal with Joe and Lucas? With what? Joe and Lucas. Um, the way Lucas explains it at the funeral is that like Joe's his adoptive father. That's what it sounds like. But like, I don't like. It doesn't sound like he like adopted adopted them. That's not how it, the rest of the movie plays. Yeah. But I don't think you're just allowed to snatch up kids from the foster system to work in your record stores. Although I don't know, because like <laughs> I don't think the like, way you don't Lucas... just go down you don't just go down to an orphanage and you're like, I I need a I need a record store kid. And they're like, oh take this goofy kid in this turtleneck. Yeah. Um the way Lucas and Joe interact lead me to believe that because Joe mentions earlier in their movie that he was in, he was married, and his wife left him for another woman, mm-hmm. and then his girlfriend left him, forced him to leave at gunpoint. So, I would assume that while Joe and his ex-wife were married, they adopted Lucas, because mm-hmm. Lucas also like not only does Lucas like say this whole thing about like Joe finding him in the system, um. But Lucas does very subtle things that Joe does. Like, if you notice, like, Joe walks in wearing a leather jacket, and Lucas is rocking, like, Lucas is rocking the leather jacket in the same way, like, and then, like, at one point, Joe, like, when he, when they're collecting money, Joe gives them his watch and goes, you could probably hawk this, and then he puts his hand in his fist. Or, I'm sorry, he puts his head, like, his mouth to, like, his fist. And Lucas does the same thing. Almost as if, like, Lucas is, has been mimicking Joe because, you know, Joe is, like, Joe's that father figure. But I think he's also that, like, he legitimately is a father to Lucas, kind of. He's obviously a father figure. But I would, I, I has, I'm hesitant to say that the movie reads that like it's his, it's his son. I don't know. For it's instance, the only explanation for uh, why Joe doesn't call the cops immediately. Well, no, because he could have some. He could have fatherly feelings. He obviously has. There obviously is a father-son type relationship. I just would mm-hmm. hesitate. I would hesitate to say. That the movie reads that Joe literally legally adopted a, a, a Lucas. Well, 
Um, um, let me ask you a question. If the the mythical mom and pop record store in our neighborhood um, was having a rager, how quickly would you be at that fucking party? Oh, instantly. But wait, there's there's a couple things um, I, w- I wanted to touch before we get to the actual party. Um, so so Warren comes in and holds the store at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at the end, they're like, Burko is like, is this what it's about, Warren? You wanted a job at a record store? I was like, no, that's not what any of this is about. You didn't walk into no. the store to shoplift earlier today going, oh, man, I hope they hire me. <laughs> um, and then the cops are like, there's not a lot we could do to him, considering he had blanks in the car. I'm like, no. Yeah, it seems like. I'm pretty I mean, sure. Maybe I'm in 1995. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure 1995 and today kidnapping still had generally the same definition. No. Um, yeah, I was never a kid in somebody in that but we get the uh, damn the man save the empire. Yep. Uh, they're they're asking for trouble. They're not checking IDs with this beer. Yeah. Um, I have a problem because it's on the news that Warren held this store up at gunpoint, and it takes Mitch. Like a while to get to his store that was just at a hostage situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in all fairness, though, like Mitch shows up earlier and then leaves and then comes back. So I have to assume he is not far from the store he owns, but it still takes longer than it should for like your store was just robbed at gunpoint and shots were fired. Yeah, the, like so there's a long enough time in between Mitch getting to the store. And the news report that they're able to start a huge party. That's it. Doesn't it's not like Mark says, save the uh, damn man, save the empire, then click parties going on. Um, you, you have to like, how long does it take for skateboard people to procure kegs? <laughs> a while. Um, da, 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 da. I love Sugar High, I love the whole Sugar High performance. Yeah, it's- um. It, it really gets me. You might even say it gives me coyote shivers. Oh, I have a note that just says Sugar High because that song, like, when I'm done recording, I'm probably going to look it up on the uh, on Apple Music and add it to my playlist. I watched it on YouTube after I finished the movie yesterday, and then I watched it again on YouTube today. Um, I, You know what's a nice touch in the movie? Hmm. The, the performance is um, uh, when G- when he has Gina take the lead and she fumbles at first, but then comes in. That break in her voice, yeah. Like she 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 isn't singing, but then comes in at the end of the line, like with the words that that are at the end of the line. I was I thought that was a nice. I'm assuming so. She comes in and she says "I've" and then pauses mm. and then comes back in it far and wide. So I'm assuming she. She drops the word "searched." Drops something. Line, yeah. I searched far and wide. Um, total bullshit on Warren getting out of jail like thirty-five minutes after he was arrested for holding. Oh yeah, like they, they underplayed. Like they really fucking underplayed the fact that he walked into a store with a gun. Mm. Like I get that it had blanks in it. I get that he's a minor, but you don't. He's not out of jail twenty minutes later. At the very least, he's 
released to his parents, who I don't assume are be like, all right, go back to the store. Yeah. Um, I love AJ is so, I guess, just mopey at this point that he's fixing a sign in the in the middle of a riot going on. He's not only no no, not only is he he's fixing a sign in the middle of a riot at a place where he quit. Oh, yeah, he's already quit. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Joe get... gives Mitch the money and says, here's all your money. Count. Like, you can count it. Did, like, did Joe count this money? Or does Joe... First off, it doesn't look like $9,000 unless all of those are, like, $500 bills. They are. <laughs> um... And then Mitch sells it, sells him an entire store for nine thousand dollars. And not just that, like I'm a little confused on, like what this nine thousand dollars is. Like the nine thousand dollars is the money that Lucas. He's re- he's giving him the money that Lucas stole, so yeah. he's made whole. Yeah, but, but then- the reason why. Excuse me. The reason why Mitch gives a shit about that money at all is because I assumed it was like the store's profits. Like, oh, it was. It was just the take for the day. Yeah. So he doesn't. He's he, like. So technically, so he's losing. He's selling them the store for thousand dollars. Would you get? Would you say about eighteen thousand? Technically, then. If he is buying the selling the store to Joe for the money in that jug, basically, he's out eighteen thousand uh-huh. dollars because he loses the nine thousand dollars he would have made had it been deposited that Lucas lost, and now, oh no, he's not losing. And that now he's uh, uh, eh, whatever doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, he's basically selling the store for nine nine thousand dollars. Well, whatever. Um, we get the uh, we get the other we get another philosophical the last philosophical. Um, oh wait, no, I had a question. I, I I was about what what does Mitch do now? Does he own other businesses? I would assume so. Like he just sold his his like flagship store for nine thousand dollars. Yeah, um, I would assume he I would assume he has other businesses. So I I forgot that these scenes are intercut all through Sugar High. Um, it's really fortunate. Um, that Gina knows all the words to Burko's band song. Uh, see, that never bothered me because I assumed that she would, honestly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, 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 for some reason, I always. That never bothered me. Like, I get it. Like, if you're, you know, you, you, you're, you're like friends with somebody, like, you're friends with somebody in a band. I feel like you would know the lyrics to their song. Um, especially with this being such, excuse me, a tight knit group um, in the store. I, it doesn't, it never bothered me that she knew the words to Sugar High. All right. Fair enough. Um, so I have a question. When AJ says that he's going to art school in Boston. Mm-hmm. Was he already accepted into an art school in Boston? Or is he just going, like, I'm going to go to this art school in Boston? He's Yeah, he's just visiting. 
No, like no, I mean, like, is he like was he accepting to the school? Is it a school you could just like give them money and then you go to that school? That doesn't seem like a a good yeah, enough I, school I, that you should waste your time with. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure on all that. I do have a joke that uh, then uh, uh, Corey keeps falling over dramatically, and I mm. put that she's doing it because she's coming down from the speed. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the girls all dancing together because they're all friends now because they had a funeral, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm just checking our time. Uh, oh, we're doing the time. We have what? No, oh, and then, now. um, what an eventful day for these kids. Yeah, not happen. But that's that's Rex, Rex Manning Day for you. Um, I have a note. Uh, going like somebody going to art school, like waiting to hear back and going to art school. Just seems like a very '90s thing for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, yes, yeah, because that's that's pre 911 when shit got real and you can't be an artist anymore. You gotta, yeah, yeah, um, do some shit. My my last note of the movie is actually a note about one of the credits in the movie. Excuse me. Um, the credits are rolling by, and Guar is credited as banned from Mark's daydream. <laughs> Did you remember there being a mid credit scene? No. And that shit's on Henry Rollins, by the way. Yeah, there's just shit's all over Henry Rollins. So that was Empire Records, uh, the movie from 1995, directed by uh, mm-hmm. Alan Moyle, written by Carol uh, Heineken. Uh, Heineken. Um, I, I I put this I put this movie right up there in terms of fondness looking back as Breakfast yeah. Club, um, and it is Honestly, very. When watching the movie, I was more nostalgic for the soundtrack than I was the movie itself, which leads right into our top five this week, which is uh, top five ninety songs. Um, I went a very specific route on mine. Uh, let's let's see where you land. Well, what are your top five nineties songs? Um, mine's kind of all over the place. Uh, my number one I picked because it was the the big single off of like the first CD that I ever owned, and that's Inside Out by Eve Six. Oh, nice. Um, I also have uh, Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. Okay. Um, if you ask Katie, she'll confirm that, like, periodically, I'll just be, we'll just be sitting there quietly, and I will just start singing the song "Hey Jealousy." Um, hey, I have um, "Torn" by Natalie Imbruglia. Hey, Chelsea. Hey. Hey, <laughs> see, see what I did there? Yeah. I, I made it seem like I was trying to get your attention. I was just doing the song title. Out. I liked it. Um, I have the 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 cover, the MTV unplugged cover of Lake of Fire by Nirvana. Plateau was on my short list. Yeah. Um, and then I also have Tearing Up My Heart by NSYNC. Nice. So see you went a similar way I did. Oh yeah, Zach, I told Katie. That I would bet, I w- I'm willing to bet money that a song is going to be on your list. So, what is your list, Zach? So, I well, can see if tell, I me this, tell me the song first. 
No, no, you tell me the your songs, and I'll tell you if I was right. No, tell me, because then I can make I can build suspense. Cut. I'll tell you. I I said that I had a feeling <laughs> that uh, you get what you give by the, by new radicals was going to be on your list. Okay, we'll see. Uh, I you went a similar way that I did in terms of um, uh, songs that are very much like nine, like because there's a Blink Way two Blink Way two albums came out in the nineties and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I like those songs more than like like some of the, like some of the songs on my list. But I went with songs that kind of are like of the nineties. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking about that too, like. I was thinking about going like songs of the '90s or songs that came out in the '90s, and I just went yeah. with what came out in the '90s. Um, so I have "3 A.M." by Matchbox Twenty. Three. So, "3 A.M." was on my uh, long list because I when I got I like how I call it a short list and you call it a long list. Yeah. Um. So "3 A.M." the Matchbox Twenty album. When I got the Eve Six album, it was from one of those like buy a CD, get like ten CDs for like ninety nine cents or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the first two CDs that I technically owned were um, Eve Six and that Matchbox Twenty album. So three AM was on my long list, but I took it off. Um, I have Pepper by the Butthole Surfers. Nice. Um, I have Letter Cry by Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes. Nice. I have Closing Time by Semisonic, my favorite mm-hmm. one wonder of all time. That was my the 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 lyric uh, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end was my yearbook quote in high school. Oh gosh. And then my last one Blame as shit. <laughs> by the new radicals, you get what you Is get. It, it was. I had I, uh, dude, it was back fucking, and forth between our brain fucking work on the same wavelength, Zach. Because I was I was I looked up uh, Rolling Stones top one hundred songs in the nineties, mm-hmm. and like the fourth one on the list was New Radicals, and I'm like, I gotta yes, tell you, it very closely was not because a song that again I was thinking of songs that are very of the nineties, and the mm-hmm. song that almost was on the list actually was typed up before I deleted it. Is a song by Third Eye Blind called Motorcycle Drive By. I don't know that at all. It's it's on that big it's it on their big first album, like the, the Semi Charm Life album. And that's why I took it off because it's like too deep a cut for me to really like it, it doesn't fit with the rest of the list. Yeah. Uh, just to give you uh uh I also on my short list that did not make make it was Other Side by Cal uh Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um which I think was ninety nine. I'm thinking about. I think it was ninety nine. Uh, uh, Plateau by Nirvana from the Unplugged mm-hmm. uh, and Gangsta's Paradise. Very. Nice. Um, I told Katie to uh, since I was going. Since I'm currently recording in Katie's apartment, so I told her to prepare a top five because she was going to be most likely sitting next to me while I was recording. Has, anyway, so uh, Adam, what are you uh what are you watching? No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she um she has Total Hate by Sublime featuring Gwen Stefani. Uh, nice, and sl- nice and Slow by Usher. 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 
Uh, she actually has it spelled U R R R S S H E R, so it is Ursher. Yeah, Ursher is um, Usher's twin brother. Yeah. yeah. They she were has Flagpole like Sitter by Harvey Danger. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. You know what? Yeah. You fucked up. You fucked up. Yeah. If we're talking about if we're talking about this kind of list, I might have to take Pepper by the butthole servers off and put Flagpole Sitter. No, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take 3 a.m. off and put Flagpole Sitter. Yeah. Um, she's got Crawford by uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Okay. And uh, to top it off, she has uh, What's Up by Four Non Blondes. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, we, me, me and her have been like talking about it's the nineties. Okay, they're all oldies for goodies. I'm joking. Yeah. It was a joke, not a dick. Don't think it's wrong. Well, I'm the funny one, Katie. <laughs> Don't even try. I'm the funny one. Um, you are the first me and Ka- me and Katie have been discussing this like top ninety songs for the past like two days now. Did um, I tell you about that uh, podcast? I think I did. It's a Spotify exclusive though. I think I don't know if you can even listen to it. Um, it's the top. It's it was the top sixty songs of the nineties. And yeah. each episode, each episode, he, he does a dive into uh, uh, one song. But then he did the sixty, and then there was enough demand that he. Did thirty more, so now he's, he just started the the new season with thirty more songs. So it's the ninety songs of the nineties. And what's nice on Spotify is you'll listen to the podcast, and then he has it stitched together with the track. Oh, nice! So he does the whole podcast, and then at the end, the song plays. Um, but I, I don't I don't know if it, if you can even listen to it on on Apple or or on the or like any other podcast apps. Um, I, I really quick wanted to mention a song that uh, both Katie and I had on our list, but then she took it off of hers because I had it on mine, but then I took it off to replace it with something. Um, was uh, I Saw the Sign, or just, is it called The Sign, or is it I Saw the Sign by I think, it's called, I think it's just called The Sign by Ace yeah. um, oh, you know, so we, we both have The Sign by Ace of Ace. Do you know, you know the song... Um... The other Ace of Base song, what was it called? Um, Don't turn around. No, is that no, that? no, no. All that all she that wants. She that wants. is all that she wants. Yeah, that's about like wanting another child or something. Because Becky likes that song. Like, a, yeah. I was um I was telling Katie this this weekend that um the um Katie's friend was over was over her apartment all day, and I asked her what her top five ninety songs were and um. The first one she came up with was Ironic by Alanis Morissette. And we were talking about how I was explaining to Katie how that one Alanis Morissette song is about Uncle Joey. So Alanis Alanis Morissette blew Uncle Joey in a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. That ruins my childhood. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Arambe and Alanis. Did you just learn that, Katie? Yeah, no, I never knew that. No, I've known that since like 1997. That song came out in 1998. She was workshopping. I thought that work- Alanis Morissette was an, a lesbian, honestly. <laughs> no, it was, 19, it was 1997. We were workshopping the songs, and she was like, I wrote the song you want to know about uh, giving a blowjob to Dave Kouye while he was wearing the, chi- the, the chi- yeah, Woodchuck puppet. Um, well, that's what I said. I was like, "Do you think when Dave Collier has sex, he uses the fucking Mister Woodchuck?" He voice? definitely does. He definitely does the bullwinkle thing, though, where he put, makes the horns with his hands. Yeah. 
He de- that that's a given. He definitely does that. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and you know, that's, you know, that's why you know how we asked a girl to go down on him. How? He does the Popeye voice and he says, "Blow me down." <laughs> he says what? What is, is Katie say? What did you say? Oh, he does the Popeye voice and he goes, "Blow me down." <laughs> That's what Popeye says, right? That's you, what he says. You are Popeye. the funny one. So, something like that, yeah. You are the funny one. That's um, now I'm now I'm like I've gaslit myself into thinking I just made something up. Hold no, on. No, you're constantly referred to as the funny one, Zach. Don't worry. No, no. Yeah, yeah. He says, "Blow me down." Yeah. Maybe. Um. Hey, oh, Zach. Yeah. Okay, he does. I did. He he does it. I did it. I made a joke, guys. Sorry for the interruption. But let's have a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Had to take a little break because we were getting up against our time and uh, wanted to make sure we had plenty of cushion to do our what are you watchings in our uh, little cushion spiel. Um, hey, Adam. Zach, uh, let's, so I... let's not, Zach, let's not sugarcoat it for the crowd. Um, I've been drinking since like 1 o'clock, and it's currently uh, 1230 uh, mm-hmm. Eastern uh, Standard Time. Um, so I've been, I've been drinking pretty much half of the day. So I, I had, to, I had to go to the bathroom, you know, I, when you, when you drink, you got to pee. It's America. Yeah, it's America. Yeah. It's, 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 it's for, for all of our listeners, um, for Bangladesh, Benny, um, for everyone who's listening, not in the, in the U, U the U S of a, um, it's Memorial day weekend and by law you have to drink and eat hamburgers and hot dogs. So uh, yeah. I've been drinking. And I had to go to the bathroom, so. Hey, you know what time I started drinking? What time did you start drinking? One thirty-seven. Oh, yeah? That's a very excellent time. Um, I actually started drinking at, like... How does he know that? Why do you know that? That's from the movie. Oh. He says he's going to tell him... He says he's going to tell uh, Liv Tyler that he, <laughs> that he loves her at one, by one thirty-seven exactly. Welcome, welcome to the show. Yeah. Okay. Oh, welcome to Empire Records, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Adam, aside from Empire Records, which you watched and Katie evidently didn't, what no. um, what are what are you watching? Um, not much. Um, aside from um, uh, this, so like I just said, uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. It is uh, what is today the thirtieth. Um, two days ago, at this point, uh, Disney Plus aired the first two episodes of Obi Wan. It's technically the thirtieth, but that's only been true for 32 minutes. It's true. <laughs> um, so uh, a- uh, ABC Disney Plus aired um, the the first two episodes of Obi Wan. So I watched both of those on Friday. Um, so that's that's pretty much, to my knowledge, like that I can remember. That's pretty much all I've been watching. Oh, you know what? I wanted. To, I did want to those two episodes on repeat. <laughs> yeah, um, I watched. Um, so my my youngest is a very big fan of Spider-Man and Disney Plus has so Disney owns Marvel so all of the Disney Plus all the uh, the Marvel stuff is on Disney Plus and all of the old 90s um cartoons are on Disney Plus and I was watching one of the 90s Spider-Mans with my youngest and I, I believe it was Spider-Man and his amazing friends which is very close to Spidey and his amazing friends, but um, 
I was I it blew my mind because I was watching this '90s cartoon for children, and there's a line where they go to a Halloween party and everyone is dressed up like superheroes, and like so like there's like ten different people dressed up like Spider-Man. There's people dressed up like Captain America, and but there's people also dressed up like villains. So there's somebody like who's uh, dressed up like as the Green Goblin but they're flying on a thing that's like held up by a wire. So like the real Spider-Man in this, uh, in this scenario, like he gets all like worried, like, Oh no, the green goblins here. I got to get into Spider-Man mode, but then realizes that it's a fake green goblin. But he then says something is turning my spider, my spidey senses on. And when he says this, some random ass chick, hops on his back and goes, whatever turns you on, Spider-Man, turns me on. And I'm like, God damn it. This is a Sorry. 90s children's cartoon. That's the pro- times have the, fucking changed. It's probably the hottest thing I've heard all night. Yeah. <laughs> it's So I've been watching fucking 1990s, circa 1990s, Spidey and his amazing friends. That's, and that's, the hottest thing, that's the hottest thing I've heard all night, and we talked a great deal about Coyote Shivers. Exactly. Um, but Zach... Uh, aside from uh, aside from Empire Records, what do you watch them? I watched the first episode of the Obi Wan. Uh, what do you think of it? It was it was fine. Um, uh, 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 indirect friend of the show Mario, indirect because uh, we've talked about the good mess, is displeased mm. that Flea keeps getting cast as bad guys. Yeah, I, I it kind of fucking blew. I, like I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like. I think I talked about it when um, uh, when what my what are you watching? One of them was uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, and I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, is that fucking Jake the Snake Roberts? And I looked it up, and it was Jake the Snake Roberts. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, is that fucking? It reminded me of the John Mulaney bit where he's like, he uh, where Dean Cain was on, on an episode of Lawner SVU as like the rapist, mm-hmm. and he's like, I know that like he was playing a character. But I really wish the woman who was like looking at the lineup would be like, "Is that Dean Kane?" I was watching it going like, "Is that fucking Flea? Like, what is happening right now? Um, like, why is Flea getting cast in fucking Star Wars series? Like, what is going on?" Uh, well, we were joking uh, through text message, me, Mario, and friend of the show Tim, uh, about how Flea is always cast as a bad guy, and I was like, "Not on Wild Thornberries." But I don't know. Who knows? We don't know what he was saying. Maybe he was like yeah. really anti-Semitic. <laughs> it was like the whole gibberish thing was him just like praising Hitler. Well, I found a, I found a, a screenshot with like subtitles and it was all gibberish. I was like, that's his way of saying uh, Jews control the media. <laughs> I was like, not cool, Donnie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because um, you mentioned it, like like Flea does get cast as a bad guy because he was one of the he was part of the Flea from the Red yeah the basis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is yeah he's in the new fucking Star Wars show. Yeah, um, I can only think of aside from Wild Thornberries, I can think of two other things. Unless I he was um, he was a wasn't he a, the the head of the nihilists? No, no, he wasn't the head of he was like one of the the underling nihilists in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. And then he was, yeah. he was Marty's boss, Marty Junior's boss, in Back to the Future. In Back to the Future Two, 
too. Yeah. What? Um, yeah, sure. he was. He, Flea has a very weird fucking storied, like cinematography history. No, cinematography, yeah. filmography, drunky. Filmography. Um, do you remember, Katie? Do you remember the Wild Thornberries on Nickelodeon? Do you know that Flea played the little brother who only spoke gibberish? No. I yeah, didn't that know. was that was Flea just screaming into a fucking microphone. Yeah. <laughs> um. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um. So how I feel about it. Uh, you watched, other than that, yeah, so you watched the first episode of Obi Wan. What else are you watching? I uh, ticked a couple more uh, uh, movies off of my. Flea's been in 103 things. No shit, really? Oh, so, all right. Some of these are music videos. A lot, of, some, not all of them, but some of these are. Oh, okay. Uh, he was the TV announcer. Uh, that does the Duke Kaboom uh, uh, Toy Story 4 commercial. Get the fuck out of here. He's the voice of the choice of the it's Duke Kaboom commercial. Right. That's so random. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, like, who's the casting agent? There's like, we need someone to do we this. That's what they said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, like, need, we need someone to do this this random, like, no, it, one-off it almost, voiceover for this it's commercial. It's almost the opposite. It, it almost seems like it should be the opposite. Where they're like, we need to get Flea in this. Where, like, we're contracted with Flea. Like, where do we put him? In this movie, How like, we, like, yeah, I guess he could be the announcer on the Duke Kaboom. Uh, you know, you know, it's, it's almost as if like Flea was like the producer's cousin, and he was like, "Yo, we gotta get my cousin apart." He's like, "You don't want me to tell you. You don't want me to tell that story about you." Yeah, like Flea has some blackmail on <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, I'm, I have he's, Flea's IMDb page up right now. He's Flea in Inside has, Out. Huh? And he's in Inside Out, and Is he? and the short called Riley's First Date from Inside Out as two different characters. Really? They're like we got him for the for the movie, uh, and then we're doing this short. Uh, his character's not in the short, but we should probably bring Flea back, right? Oh wait, Zach, pause for a second. We talked about it. Um, wait, let me scroll down just to confirm. We talked about it in the La La Land episode. Damien Chazelle has the movie Babylon coming out. Mm-hmm. Flea is in Babylon. Oh Flea's in everything, man. Flea's in, Flea's fucking... He's, he's the Travis Barker of... Yeah, he's, like... the, he's the Travis Barker of film. <laughs> um, Flea is Travis Barker and film is Mag- uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, dude, please, Toy Story 4, Baby Driver, fucking Inside Out, he was in The Antwoord, Ugly Boy. Wait, what was he in Baby Driver? I don't know who, I, I've never seen Baby Driver. Oh, you're not missing much. Um, baby, he played Eddie in we're, Baby Driver. Evidently we're missing, we're missing Flea's performance as Eddie. Yeah, we're missing yeah, Flea's performance as Eddie. You're right. Rugrats gone wild as uh, as he is uh, Don, Donnie as in the Wild Thornberries. Um, that's fucking crazy. He's in that, Small like, Soldiers. Get the fuck out of here! Really? It's, like the thing it says. <laughs> the thing it says on IMDb. It says uh, it it shows like a, a short list of what he's in and it says you may know him from and then it says Small Soldiers. <laughs> Hold on, let me find the credit. 
Dude, there's like. I didn't see it in the. Maybe he's on the soundtrack. I'm about to get my like 23 Me report back, and it's gonna be like, please, your like, yeah, your please, your great uncle. Yeah, I don't, I don't know because he's not in the. Maybe he's on the soundtrack, and for some small, it would not be the first time that IMDb grossly misinterpreted where I would know people from. Like, do you remember I sent you that screenshot? It was like, hey, you liked the Green Mile. Here's all these other um, Bonnie Hunt movies. Bonnie Hunt movies. (laughs) I was like, yeah. You grossly misunderstood what I liked about that movie. Um, aside from Obi Wan, I, I clicked another a couple movies off of my uh, my Oscar winners list. Mm. Um, my 2010s Oscar winners. I watched Fences, which is the Denzel Washington um, directed and starring uh, adaptation of the uh, August Wilson play about a garbage worker in the 60s um it was when was fine. that that one best supporting actress in 2017 oh okay uh, that doesn't uh, what, what was the what was it called fences i don't remember that at all uh viola davis who plays his wife rose in the movie one best supporting actress hmm. um and then i watched bridge of spies which is the Tom Hanks starring Steven Spielberg directed story of the man responsible for trading a captured Russian spy in America. He was in the he was in prison for the pilot who crashed the the U two um, spy plane. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. aware of it's it's mentioned. This is something that's actually mentioned in the. Uh, uh, we didn't start the fire. Yeah. Uh, pilot, uh, U two spy planes were were supposed to be top of the line. The pilot crashed, was captured by Russian forces, um, and was eventually traded. Uh, one best supporting actor for Mark Rylance. This is the first one I can really think of in the entire list where I can look at who won, and I had seen. Recently enough, the other one of the other nominees, mm-hmm. and would have given it to the other one of the nominees. Uh, I Mark Rylance is fine in this. Mark Rylance is a friend of the show, by the way. He played the if you're not if you don't remember, he played the um, uh, uh, I guess he would be a stand-in for the head of Apple in Don't Look Up. The the weird guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He from um, I I know him from Ready Player One. Uh, yeah, he plays, uh, he plays the Russian spy. Oh, in, okay. In this week, he won Best Supporting Actor. I would have given it to Tom Hardy for The Revenant that year if I had a vote. Oh, okay, so Tom Hardy being nominated for The Revenant puts it in uh, in the better time context for me. Um. Uh. So yeah, I have one movie from that whole list left. So if I can watch, which unfortunately doesn't seem to be, it's it, it's it's running into the same problem I'm about to to bring up when we talk about next week. Um, it the the last movie on my list of winners of the big eight Oscars in the 2010s. I have one movie left. It's Beginners, starring Christopher Plummer, who won Best Supporting Actor for it, and Ewan McGregor. And it's not streaming anywhere. You can't find it on our app that we use. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna have to like wait it out. It seems like the kind of movie that like randomly will be like, what's coming to Hulu in yeah. August of 2022. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to keep an eye out and keep searching. But so I'm I'm about to move on to my 2000s list. Nice. I will say next week I expect, based on um, podcasts that I listen to regularly and the talk on that and the. Um, hype around it i would expect by next week uh for next week's episode i will be talking about top gun because i've never seen top gun the sequel just came out you know what um i was driving i was driving to the katie's yesterday and um alex friend of the podcast alex saw um top gun maverick and he said he's like he texted me he said it was good and i asked him it was a good or was it good in the sense that it's a good summer action movie and he said no it's fucking good so yeah, i told him I might, have to pull, I might have to pull a double feature but he he, he warned me that i should watch uh oh, top your boys in it too. huh your boys in it too miles teller i know huh. um but he alex warned me he, that he i plays, should watch he plays top he plays rooster Ooh, who is the son of goose sexy um Alex warned me that I should by... watch it on. Uh, go, I should go to the movies to see uh, Top Gun Maverick, saying. which is um, all the narrative. Because I've been listening to a lot of Ringer podcasts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of narrative is is Tom Cruise is the savior of in theater cinema, or he's he's trying to be or is is being seen as that because the way he he, he, he would he's not just making movies that need to be seen on the big screen and he like think like he would not let this movie this movie that on i just listened to a ringer uh a big the big picture on the ringer network um, uh-huh. and they were talking about it and it has been 1000 and something days since the movie was supposed to be released but due to reshoots in the pandemic, it was delayed, and Tom Cruise would not let it go to a streaming. Yeah, um, he was insistent that it came out in uh, in in theaters, and like people are are seeing, and and like I, I even heard talk of how there's some um, parallels between how his character arc in the movie, seen through the lens of someone in that situation, could seem mm-hmm. like it's like like. Like in the movie, they're telling him he can't do it anymore, and and things have changed, and he's telling them, "Not yet, man. Not yet. Maybe soon, but not not on my watch." Like you know what yeah. I mean? Um. So yeah, I'll probably end up watching Top. It's on Netflix, I think. I um I said to Alex the commercial for Top Gun Maverick. Um, one of the you know how like in in, in trailers they always have like the like the quotes from critics or whatever. Um. One of them is see this movie on the biggest screen possible, and Alex is like, "Yeah, fucking do that." So. Um, uh, but so we talked about what I might be watching next week. But let's 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 talk about what we're going to be talking about next week, Adam. I'm very excited. It's next Zach, week. It's, it's June, Zach. June is next week, and what happens in June? Bummer Movie Club happens in June, Adam. Next That's week, right. we, we'll be starting our second we, annual Bummer Movie Club, and we thought... We dive deep into the trash pile. We thought 
well, we're doing a sequel to Bummer Movie Club. And what is a lot of times a big bummer sequels to big mm-hmm. movies. Yep. Or just movies in general, because I can't say next week is a sequel to a big movie. No. So join us next week for the beginning of Bummer Movie Club 2 Electric Boogaloo, where we're going to be talking about the movie Troll 2. And please, (laughs) please notice the lack of S on the end of Trolls when I say Troll (laughs) 2. If you are watching the movie and you hear Justin Timberlake's voice, yeah, you're you're fucking aware. Wait a few you're, minutes. You're right wait, place. wait a few minutes. It might still be the right movie, but if yeah. you hear Anna Kendrick's voice, <laughs> you are watching the wrong movie. We are talking That's about all. the 1990 uh, movie. To a, I've never seen the original. No, I I, I knew. No, I've seen a I've documentary seen. about the movie we're covering, and not even the original that the movie is a sequel to. Um. We'll be covering Troll 2, which is the Super Mario 2 of bad <laughs> movies, in the sense that it's not even it, it's not even really a sequel to the movie Troll. Because this movie is not even about trolls. And we'll get into it next week as we kick off a month of uh, just... Uh, to, to, uh, I, I gotta be be straight with everyone. I'm a little disappointed in next week's episode. Yeah, because originally we, had, we, we were going we to kick off. Plans. We were going to kick off the month with the movie Super Babies, Baby Geniuses Two, which is, I believe, it has a zero point zero rating on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> and um, that's not an exaggeration. I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure it has a zero point zero rating. And I was looking forward to seeing how bad a worse movie than Baby Geniuses yeah. uh, was going to be, starring John Voight. John Voight is in that piece of trash? John Voight's in that movie. Um, oh, so I said to Adam before, uh, when we were prepping for this week's episode, let me make sure, before we get out there and say we're doing Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, next week um that we can actually watch super babies baby geniuses too yeah so i did some research not streaming anywhere went on our app that we we use no streams come up i thought last ditch effort maybe somebody posted the movie on youtube <laughs> so i go to youtube i say type super G, super babies baby geniuses too and i kid you not Four of the five videos that come up almost like in the in the screen that I can see are about how you cannot watch this movie anywhere. It's just nowhere. <laughs> so I said to Adam, I think we're gonna to have to call an audible. So yeah, we so we, move so the we schedule up. up. We're gonna to try to we're gonna to try to locate Baby Geniuses 2 for at some later point, in, in the month point, for Baby Bummer. We're Rufa. going to um at some point we're gonna track this movie down. Maybe not this month. Even if I have to like buy a DVD of this movie, um, I need at this point now I need to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't even like fucking like I can buy it. I'm not bu- I'm not buying a thirty eight dollar version of this movie. 
No, on fuck DVD. that. Um, so join us for a month of uh, fun and frivolity. No. Uh, and Bummer Movie Club is back, and I couldn't be more thrilled. We got some good... We got, You know, P.S., I, I like two of the four movies we're doing. <laughs> what well, fun thing we got a live watch coming this week month I mean uh one of our bad movies will be able to, it's weird how it, it lines up there because we did a live watch from Bummer Movie Club last year too did we it was a it was a oh, super special the episode was, the room was a live watch yeah with Alex with Alex yeah Alex was in my house and I fed him you're tearing me apart pizza you're tearing me apart pizza <laughs> Um, so yeah, join us next week. Adam, if you want to do your little uh, your little spiel, as I say, uh, absolutely, I do. Um, if you guys are uh, happen to be on the social media networks, you can follow us on Twitter at summer movie CLU and the number one, um, or you can follow us on Instagram at summer movie club. Um, I mentioned before, but I can't remember what episode I mentioned it. Um, you can also search us. Uh, you can also search Summer Movie Club on YouTube and watch the video of the two-year anniversary episode where Zach and I uh, just completely rip off Hot Ones. And, um, you know, we answer some movie questions while eating progressively hotter Hot Wings. Um, so follow us on the social medias. Um, let us know. Uh, what your favorite song from the 90s was. Let us know uh, if you have a DVD copy of Baby Geniuses 2 that you could let us borrow. Oh, yeah. Please. Like, if you get, like, a digital code or something. Yeah, if you have, like, a, if you have the, the, the digital copy of Baby Geniuses 2, let us know, because uh, huh? Zach and I don't feel like paying for that piece of trash. I'm not paying $38 um, for it. It's no, the kind of thing... Adam, you know where they have Super Baby... Super Babies... Baby Geniuses 2? In that in that video game and and DVD store at uh, uh, Q Mart, right across from the Cowboy, yeah, dude, they have like ten copies of it. They have a whole section, <laughs> <laughs> just baby geniuses. Um, but yeah, follow us on the social medias and um, let us know, you know, how you're thinking of the podcast. Go fuck it. Apparently, um, our my my girlfriend was nice enough to go on Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a give us a rating. Three stars. Three gave us three stars. She's oh. <laughs> generous but fair. Yeah, generous but fair. Um, so I, we never really mentioned that, but if you guys want to give us a give us a give us a shout out on there, give us a little rating, give us a little review, uh, let uh, other people know out there. Uh, you know, that's the you know a podcast to listen to if you like two drunk white guys talking about movies. Um, and Adam's girlfriend that we have to hear and, all battle. Yeah, and Adam's girlfriend. Yeah. He's, Seriously. Oh, he's being, by the way, he's you know, brought up. You know what? I'm going to do my best to try to find. I've been trying to find a copy of Multiverse of Madness to no avail, but now I'm kicking up a notch. Uh, my efforts to see another movie, even more so than that. I am on the lookout for a good copy of the Bob Berger movie. Oh yeah, same. I'm I'm very I'm very um I'm highly considering actually going to the movies for that one because my daughter loves Bob's Burgers, so I'm I'm highly considering actually taking her to the movies for that one. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, follow us on the social medias. Um, join us next week for Troll Singular 2. two. Um, See, it's and... confusing because there's two trolls. Yeah. But we're not doing <laughs> Trolls 2. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing Troll 2, not Trolls 2. <laughs> Um, so Again, if you're watching, the... if you're watching a movie and there is a punk rock, hard rock troll that is taking over all of the music within the troll universe, stay, stay tuned. You might be right, but then if you hear Anna Kendrick, you're n- it's not right. <laughs> I love the fact that you went into like you know the legit plot of. The I, I watched like troll. the first like ten minutes of the Trolls two movie. We yeah. tried watching it and it, it like wasn't streaming right, I think. Yeah. But that's the that's the gist. Some punk rock I, or hard rock troll is trying to Yeah. I've seen it I've seen it a few times, uh, sadly. Um but join us join us next week for Troll Two. Follow us on the social media in the meantime. Check us out of all the funny pictures Zach posts on Instagram. And uh, Zach, if you have nothing else to say, I will say, as we always say. Be safe, be healthy, be kind to one another. Uh, to all of our listeners in the United States, happy Memorial Day. Um, uh, you know, while you guys are having fun this weekend, remember that there's people who lay down their lives so you could be having fun and barbecuing and drinking beer. Um, to everybody else who's not in the United States, it's just some other day to you guys, so whatever. But um, join us next week, um, and, uh, you know, I can't wait talk about I, I i i've been waiting for bummer movie club to start back up zach and i'm so happy that we're here so join us next uh, week i am as well yeah yeah and 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 i'll say uh in all seriousness uh if you're watching troll 2 and you hear cameos from george clinton mary j blodge and ozzy osborne stay tuned it's when you it's when you hear anna kendrick yeah <laughs> George Clinton in Good Burger, though. Oh, George Clinton. Oh, Good Burgers. You know, yeah, Zach, I, it, so honestly, if you hear George Clinton and Keenan Thompson, you might either be watching Troll Two, Good Burger, or Troll <laughs> Two. So you need to wait to hear Anna Kendrick. You need to make sure Anna Kendrick's not out one of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. We will see you all next week, and uh, let's kick Bummer Movie Club off. Like in in the in the the biggest way possible, because yeah, I love Farmer Movie Club. I'm sorry, I, th- I I just find it very funny that if someone said to you, "Hey, you know that movie with George Clinton and Keenan Thompson?" You would have to ask them which one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very random, yeah, random pairing that that, that there is now multiple movies that, that I like to think that like Keenan Thompson in his contract, he was like. I need like M M&M, I need a bag of M and M's, no brown ones in my in my dressing room. I need George Clinton to be there. Well, I like orange soda, but I really like. Yeah, I love orange. Kel loves orange soda, but I love George Clinton. I do, I do, I do. Oh goodness! All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. I love you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Happy Memorial Day to everybody out there, and uh, pour one out for you know for the people who. Uh, made Memorial Day possible, except for Anna Kendrick. If you if you're no, if you're at a family, it, she's fine. She's Anna fine. Kendrick it's just if you hear her.
you're watching huh? the wrong movie. And she's, yeah. I don't, there's nothing against Anna Kendrick. No, no, if you hear her, Anna Kendrick is, if you know, if you hear Anna Kendrick at your family barbecue, it's not really remorse. You're not but... watching Troll 2. If you hear her, you're watching, your your Trolls 2 is at your family barbecue. <laughs> not Troll 2. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. I love you all. I mean it. I'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Love you, man.